I want to encourage you to open your Bibles right now. We're going to read from one of the most amazing chapters, I believe, in the Bible. I think it's all pretty good, but uh, uh, one of my favorites is Romans chapter 8. So if you can, open your Bible to Romans chapter 8. It'll possibly be on the screen as, uh, as we read. It says this, Therefore, why is it therefore? It's for us to take notice. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hey, let's just stop there for a minute. We, a few weeks ago, went through the process of what a new creation is. And when we are in Christ Jesus, we are in a new creation. And I made the point that it is possible to be out of Jesus, so not in Jesus, right? And this is an amazing promise that is uh, for every single person who chooses Jesus, who chooses and says yes to Jesus, and says, yes, I believe in you, Jesus, right? And when we say, yes, I believe in you, Jesus, Jesus, there is this promise that we've just read about right here. It says there is now no condemnation. Have you ever been condemned before? It's like, you know, um, have you ever been pulled over by the police or something? You did something wrong, didn't indicate, crossed the line, sped or something like that. And there's just that guilty feeling. Sometimes you even see, look, I, look I'll be honest. Sometimes you just even see a camera on the road and immediately you feel guilty. You know, was I speeding? Oh, did, did I do something? something wrong. That's what condemnation does. It, it is a feeling of being condemned. What Jesus has done is he's removed anything of that nature within a person's life. Now, we stay submitted to the law of the land. We understand what, what we need to do in order to stay safe and be able to outwork that. But the truth is this, that Jesus has removed sin and therefore has made us holy. And therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus because verse 2 because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit right that's the Holy Spirit who gives life what does he do he gives life has set you free everybody say freedom Okay, I'll, I'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, from the law of sin and death, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. Now, what we're talking about is the Old Testament law. Old Testament law is all about, you know, um, sacrificing animals, making the right offerings to this. And it's like, oh, I'm always condemned unless I do the right thing. Whereas Jesus did the right thing for us so that we could live free and live in that grace and live in that freedom right and so um so the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh so in other words the, it, it, the law was dependent upon what we do as opposed to what jesus did okay god did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering and so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us now this is the kicker right here so take note of this who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit right so it's very difficult to be in christ jesus and live by the flesh now what do we mean by that we mean by the flesh is that if we say yes to Jesus, uh, 
And yet our thinking, our actions, and our responses are no different in time that are no different than before we said yes to Jesus. Then there's a clue there that we may have Jesus on the throne, throne of our heart, that we may have said yes to him, and that's very powerful, and that's very true, and that's very good. But then there has to be a decision within our life that we are not going to continue to live in, in, in gratifying the flesh we still need to eat we still need to do the things that you know it is to be healthy and have life and have holidays and you know go to restaurants and and party and do all those things like that it's it's really important to be able to celebrate and do those things really well but we do it in such a way that Jesus in what in the way that we would please Jesus and that's the difference we need to know him we can't know him unless we live according to the Spirit and the promptings of Holy Spirit. And it's a bit like this. You know, the Spirit may say, hey, you know, Joe Smith, you've, you know, you watch TV like 16 hours a day. You really need to get rid of that TV, right? And then yet might say to somebody else, uh, hey, I'm going to bless you with three TVs. (laughs) And what happens is the Holy Spirit will prompt and guide and grow us and lead us in such a way that it is important to us to the development that he is leading us through and this is the point we live according to the spirit and not according to what it describes in the flesh because it says this in verse 6 the mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace (laughs) who wants life and peace yeah I certainly do that that is absolutely for sure Right, so Romans 8, read it in its entirety. I'd encourage you to spend a week on it because it is a powerful, powerful scripture and chapter in the Bible. And uh, I'd love to spend more time on it. Galatians chapter 5, verses tw- verse 25 since, says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I love the way the word describes it like that. It's like keeping in step. Have you ever walked with somebody holding hands or arm in arm, so to speak, and, and you've gotten out of step, out of sync, and it doesn't really matter what height you are. It's like, you, it's, like it's, it's all awkward, isn't it, right? But it's amazing how when you walk arm in arm or hand in hand with somebody, you walk in step together. You take the same steps. If, if your steps are bigger uh, than theirs, then you subconsciously adjust your steps in order to walk with them. They adjust their steps to walk with you also. It's an amazing experiment. I'd encourage you to do that. But um, that's what it means to be in step with Holy Spirit. So for many of us, um, for many of us, we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. And I want you to understand that it's important to hear, accept and act. And this is my first point for today. It's important to hear, accept and act. And that is how we learn to walk with and move in the Holy Spirit. So for some people, um, accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour has been as a result of an exceptional encounter with God. 
For some others, it has been no less significant. However, it's been a personal choice or a personal compelling to say, yes, I recognize that Jesus is good and I want him in my life. Either way, whether it's been an extraordinary encounter or an incredible choice, you have believed in Jesus by faith and accepted the grace by which God has saved your life into a life with him in eternity. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 describe that. Romans 10 says it this way, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now listen, when you believe in Jesus, you have heard truth, you've believed it, you've accepted it, and now you are acting upon it. That's why it's important to hear and act, right? I was um, in a restaurant one time, it's a little while ago now, but uh, I, we, we uh, had had some guest ministry. We'd agreed that we would uh, bless them and, and, and take them out for lunch. And uh, what had happened was uh, I was sitting in lunch, you, you know, and the, the waitress came over to take our order. And what happened was, you know, I was, I was just so enjoying uh, being in the presence of God, um, being together in church. It was just, it, it was a powerful and strong time. And before I knew it, I'd asked the waitress a question. And I, and I said something along the lines of, um, are you in theater? Do you sing? And she was like a bit taken back. And uh, what had happened was um, she had just made a choice the night before. Sorry, she was thinking about making a choice the night before as to whether she would get back into professional theater, training, singing and acting. And I was able to just share with her that I really felt that God was prompting me to let her know that that was part of his design for her life. That was an extraordinary thing to be a part of, to see that change take place in her life, even as she came to that point of, wow, incredible confirmation. Now, I actually don't know whether she certainly heard it. I just don't know whether she certainly accepted it. But the difference is, I don't know whether she has acted upon it. And that is between her and God. That's between her and the Lord. But for me, it was like second nature. The, the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit came into my heart and immediately it came out of my mouth without any hesitation and without ever, without question. And it almost caught me by surprise, right? Because it just, out it came. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will do that within our life and we can act accordingly and confidently in the fact and the way that he is moving, right? So I heard... I accepted and I acted and I acted it out. I heard what the word was and I accepted it and uh, uh, did that in that way. So it's important here, be open, be open to the Holy Spirit. And you can be open to the Holy Spirit simply by asking him. <laughs> I know that sounds incredibly simple, but you can ask him. You can simply state, Holy Spirit, help me hear your voice. Help me respond with obedience to what you are doing. A great conversation to have with the Holy Spirit is this. Help me see this other person, if we're seeing another person, the way you see them. 
often we begin to see that person in a new way with greater value and greater care for them. You see, Holy Spirit's not wanting us to bring judgment upon another person. A Holy Spirit is wanting to create order, remember, out of chaos. And that is the way Holy Spirit works in and through our life. So we hear. How do we hear? By simply asking him. We accept, we settle it in our heart and within our mind that this encounter is for today. It's for right now. That we accept who we, we are and we accept who we are to get involved and whose we are, sorry, to get involved, right? And then we act it out. And then we see what happens. It's like quite amazing. My second point is this, is that we act using our gifting, right? In 1 Corinthians 12, it describes spiritual gifts that we've been given, to, that have been given to each. Now, while spiritual gifts need developing, they are always areas of our life that come to us naturally. I find eating chocolate comes very naturally to me, right? Does anybody else relate? Anybody else say, yeah, that's me. My spiritual gifting is eating chocolate. Let me tell you, I wish it was a spiritual gift, right? But it is not. It is just a gift of some sort. I think eating bad chocolate is a gift. That, let me just tell you that. Eating bad chocolate is a gift. But I'm going to give you a very, very fast rundown of each, uh, of just a list of uh, what each gift is. Okay, so we can understand that the gifts of the Father is about um, uh, life purpose and motivation. And they are things like prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, being encouragers, uh, giving, leadership and mercy. What we often describe as the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for personal guidance and growth for others and self. You may recognize yourself in, in some of these lists that I'm sharing with you today. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healings, miracles, prophecy, as I said before, discerning of spirits, uh, that's, that's discerning uh, the atmosphere and uh, what entities are at work, different tongues, uh, interpretation of tongues is what we also describe as gifts of the Son or gifts from the Son, being Jesus. And they are to facilitate and equip the church. And they are like officers within the kingdom. It's the apostles, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, uh, missionary. And then there's often graces that are upon people's life that, can, uh, that are a spiritual gift as well. Um, hospitality, uh, celibacy, um, and martyrdom. Not many people sign up for that one, but it is significantly something that uh, some people call, that, that God calls for, for, for people um, uh, rarely. Thank, thank, thanks the Lord. Um, but my question is to you is this, do you know what your spiritual gift is? Do you know what your gift is? And I want to encourage you, if you don't, we're going to display a QR code that'll send you through to a link right now. It'll send you through to a link. It's a Google Drive link, and it's some forms that you can download, and then you can uh, uh, answer the questions, do the survey, and then you can get a guide. It's just a guide. It's, it's not absolutely 100% definitive, but it will encourage you and move you in the right direction in discovering your personal gift right so my question is do you know your gift and the second question is this do you operate it do you exercise it 
The word says it this way in Matthew chapter 5, verse 15. It says, do not hide your light under a bushel or under a lamp. I love what the message translation says. It says it this way. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think that I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've got, I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I love the way the message translation describes it. Another encounter that I had uh, in terms of letting our light shine was, again, uh, sounds like, you know, I'm in restaurants a lot, but uh, again, another encounter in a restaurant of where there was somebody, a lady in the restaurant where um, I just felt prompted to speak to. And, and you know, I, I felt that the, the, the word of knowledge and the way the Holy Spirit was wanting to speak with the things that the Holy Spirit wanted me to speak to her about was, uh, was about, um, was about uh, uh, her children and her feeling of fear for her children children and uh, you know that's kind of pretty tricky and so you know I said I asked Anna to come over with me and and uh, it might be a bit weird for this six foot four bloke to be talking with this uh, shorter lady and uh, and anyway so I, I said I said to her look you know I I just need to talk to you about this if it's okay and she was very open she was a lovely lady lovely person she was incredibly open and very gracious and uh, and I said I, I I just felt that you know I believe in Jesus and I I believe in God and and I, I believe he wants me to tell you something and it's about your children well immediately she said yes please because I'm afraid of for my children that they've been and they were had at the time been experiencing some incredible incredibly vivid nightmares and, and some experiences within the night. And so what we were able to do, both Anna and I, we were able to share with her and uh, the intent and the direction of God's heart for her life. You see, if there's light within our life, then we can step forward with confidence that we can let that light shine. It's like a rise and shine for your light has come, Isaiah says. It's let. So give permission for that light to shine. And so, you know, I was really nervous about speaking to that woman because it was it was like a difficult conversation to have and I didn't know how I was going to approach it. And you see, what happened was I, I gave permission to it. I, we allowed the light to shine. And so therefore we were able to speak light and life into that woman's situation. And so often as leading up into difficult conversations, our head sometimes struggles with what our heart finds easy. We are people who are made with incredible complexity. Some people use their head and their mind to reason things out. Others respond from the heart and express their feelings from that perspective. But we need to understand both are equally valuable to the other. 
It is a false perception that people who are great with using their heads or their minds tend not to be great when it comes to spiritual gifting. There is also uh, uh, an incorrect way to look that people who are heart, touchy-feely kind of people are more, uh, and specifically more spiritually sensitive. Often with the head is filled with reason and knowledge, with the heart is feeling free to be unrestricted. But you see, both when moving with or moving in the Holy Spirit have the same, have different difficulties with each, right? With our head or with our mind, God often moves in such a way that is hard for us to reason with that our head cannot grasp. Equally, with our heart, we can be a little bit, you know, we can be perceived as wishy-washy, easily led by feelings of self, self rather than promptings of the Spirit. But the truth is this. When you accept Christ, whether it was a choice or whether it was a feeling, both were made with faith through His grace. It doesn't matter whether you are a head person or a heart person in the way that I've described it. It required grace and faith for you to accept Jesus. It is exactly the same in listening to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can lay a thought into your head and you can respond and act that out. As easy as he can lay a feeling on your heart, he is so good at communication with us and meeting us where we are at as opposed to what we think we can't do. So when you accepted Christ, he met you where you were at, at a heart level. In the same way, when you accepted Jesus Christ, he met you at a head level as well. I want to finish with this one story and it just happened <clears throat> in the last two weeks. What happened was I was uh, in a medical centre and uh, I had just come out of an appointment and during that appointment I had uh, um, had some great conversations and and uh, you know, I'd spent time praying that morning, and it was it was it was a great and and, and good appointment. And uh, and I and I was about ready to pack up and leave, and you know, get out of there. And and uh, and I was I was standing uh, ready to go, just wanting to mind my own business. And um, one of the nurses whom uh, I know well turned around and said to me, said to me, Matthew. She, she knew I was uh, a leader of a church. And she said, Matthew, can you pray for this man? And it really caught me off guard because it's like, you, you, know, you, you know, in my head, you just don't do that, right? <laughs> you just don't do that. Like he, he didn't come up to me and ask me and I certainly didn't feel as though the Holy Spirit said, hey, go, go pray for that person. No, that didn't happen. And I was sort of caught off guard a little bit and I thought, oh, uh, yeah, no problems. And I, and I turned to this... Uh, to this young man, I said, well, do you want me to? And he said, yes, please. He said, I believe. <laughs> and that was enough for me. And I just put my stuff down and, and I said, I, I, mate, I, I'm, is it okay if I just lay my hand on your shoulder? And he gave me permission to do that. 
And I just, and he seemed very, very troubled and very, very worried. Well, immediately as I laid my hand upon his shoulder, heat came through my hand, of which I hadn't experienced for quite some time. Heat came through my hand. I prayed a very basic and simple prayer. There was his mum over on the couch. There was another doctor present as well. And, and I was like, like I'm on, God is on stage right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, and I don't want to embarrass him, right? And uh, anyway, as I began to pray, I closed my eyes. He closed his eyes and I opened my eyes to see what was going on and here was this young man experiencing God in an amazing way and I, I said to him what are you experiencing right now he said I have never felt such peace and he was doubled over and as he was weeping and weeping and weeping and weeping and I looked over and I saw his mum over on the couch and she's weeping at the same time and this is in a doctor's clinic right and, and, and she's weeping and then I looked over at the nurse and I, I wasn't sure about her faith she's over the reception table weeping at the same time and I thought God what do I do now and I felt the Holy Spirit say just leave them with me and I said well praise God amen and I said you just stay in that just continue to walk in that I look forward to seeing you another time I picked up my stuff and I went well as I started to walk the doctor who um, was from another nation and uh, we'd had conversations many 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 weeks before and he said I, 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 I'm not a believer um, I, I believe in good things in the world but I, I'm not a believer well he ran over and he said can you pray for me and I said, absolutely sure. And I said, well, you need to understand that once you encounter God, you're going to have to make a choice of whether he's real or whether he's not. He just nodded his head. Well, as I prayed, again, a very, very, very simple prayer. The Lord gave me a word of knowledge, which was part of the gifting that, uh, that I walk in and the, what the Lord had given to me. And they gave a word of knowledge about that man's life. Again, I opened my eyes and here he is weeping. And he is experiencing such peace and the love of God encountering him right in the middle of that clinic in front of patients, in front of other people. And with that, I said, God bless you. I gave him a big hug because it just felt right at the time. And I picked up my stuff and walked out. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing of the stories of transformation and encounter that those people have. I look forward to hearing stories and encounter, maybe as simple as sending a card, maybe as simple as finding a car park in a busy car park. Moving in the Holy Spirit is as easy as laying a hand on someone and praying right through to a meal being provided for somebody. I want to encourage you, be open to hear, act. Hear, accept and act. Let's pray. Father, right now, I just ask that you would, I just thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. And Jesus, I thank you that you were obedient at the cross, that you would um, uh, uh, build the bridge of where Holy Spirit would step into our own hearts. Right now, Jesus, at this point, at this time, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come into our life and fill us afresh. I would just encourage you, you just open your hands right now and you just accept that. Holy Spirit, you just might want to pray, the, pray these words and say, Holy Spirit, fill me today. Fill me afresh. I open my heart to receive from you and I open my ears to hear from you. 
and respond in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Julie.